Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Money Mitch Effect. I'm your host, Mitch Michaels. Thank you for joining me on this sports podcast. It's been an interesting time in the sports world. No official show last week due to the holiday, but thanks to have you back listening to this week's show. I'm going to talk to my buddy, Matt Wittenberg. We work together at the NFL Network. He's now at Yahoo. I'm over at Tennis Channel, you know, grinding away. But we're going to talk about some football. It's been too long since we chopped it up. we got to talk about the NFL who's hot and who's not, my Browns, Baker Mayfield, and his interaction or lack thereof with Hugh Jackson, the Rams and Saints chase for the one seed, and just who's looked good, the Cowboys resurgence, the Texans won eight straight, Andrew Luck and the Colts, lots to talk about in the NFL, and then we're going to talk college football with the playoff ranking coming out, how we see that shaping up going into the final week, conference championship week before the teams are picked for the playoff, we talk about that as well, it's Matt Wittenberg here now on the Money Mitch Effect, let's start the show. All right, Money Mitch Effect, we're back. It's post-Thanksgiving. Matt Wittenberg on the show. It's been a while, Matt. Thanks for coming on. Of course. Thanks for having me. Happy to be back. It's It's been a while, and I think the biggest thing that happens around this time of year with the NFL, which we're going to start, we're going to dabble around into a bunch of different sports, but by now, we have a better sense of who are the top teams and who are going to be fighting for the playoffs, and I, I didn't think... You guys would be the Arizona Cardinals as just awful, like as potentially the worst team in the NFL. And I, and I do have to wonder, Sean Sullivan, friend of the show, your roommate, you guys had the wager beginning mm-hmm. of the year. Have you bought in his, uh, his liquor of choice yet? No, no. I, he told me what he wants, though, but I've just been, I guess, sort of delaying the inevitable. I think I'm mathematically eliminated, but full disclosure, for those not in the know, my roommate, Sean Sullivan, he's a Seahawks fan. We made a bet preseason over whose team would finish with the better record, and whoever's team finishes with the worst record would have to buy the other their uh, bottle of booze of their choice. And obviously, things haven't worked out so well for me so far. And I don't know if I'm technically mathematically eliminated yet, but I mean, for all intents and purposes, that that bet's a foregone so conclusion. I feel a little bad because I kind of was pushing it. You guys were trying to think of something for bragging rights, and honestly, it seemed fair. Because both teams look to be fighting for third. Exactly. We didn't expect Garoppolo to get injured, which changed the Niners' fortunes completely. They went into the tank. The Seahawks have fought. I mean, they, they have a chance. They look like, I mean, I would say maybe with Carolina's win, the odds on favorite for that second wild card. Absolutely. They have a really easy schedule down the stretch, too. They play the 49ers twice, the Cardinals once. So, I mean, there's three wins already. I think they have the Chiefs as well, which is kind of more of a – leaning towards a loss but that game's out in Seattle so that's one that they could sneak away with and I think the other game that they have left is Minnesota which honestly could go either way so you could see that team not lose a game the rest of the season I'd be I mean I wouldn't say surprised but it'd be a little bit of a shock <laughs> I know it's it could be the number one wild card Carolina mm-hmm. six and five they have the head-to-head over them They've lost three in a row now. Minnesota and Green- Minnesota and Chicago are right there, but there's no guarantee two teams there. I know the Redskins are six and five, and the Cowboys, but be hard pressed to pick two out of that division. With teams like the Falcons and, and Packers struggling with how well Russ plays, I mean, it's uh, they're definitely a team I should say to watch for, even without the defensive old. But the Cardinals themselves, I, I have. I wouldn't say a bone to pick because I think you pretty much agree. I know it's the first year, but Wilkes has not looked good at all. No. And 
look, this isn't a playoff team. I think you would admit that too. But you want to see them show flashes, maybe open it up. I know the Chargers came out possessed. Rivers was on fire, literally. The best start to an NFL game ever by a quarterback. Yeah. But there was no fight in that second half. Just a lot of handoffs. And, and, and I want to see Rosen at least try to have the opportunity, I should say, to you know, take chances and open things up. And this coaching staff just has, haven't given it to him. Yeah, you touched on it. The most discouraging part is the lack of fight. I mean, I'll be honest, it looked like the team quit on him in the second half. And that's really not a good sign for a coach who's having his first head coaching job in his first season with the team. So I don't know. I was a fan of the hire going into it. He has a really good track record of running defense in Carolina. So I thought that'd bring a little bit of stability and the defense has been okay, but I mean, it hasn't been sort of been enough to bring the offense up along with it. And with the way that the NFL is trending, having a defensive head coach might be a thing of a pass unless you have a standout, standout defense or you're just a brilliant tactical mind like Bill Belichick. So, I mean, I wouldn't necessarily hate the move cutting the cord in year one, but I feel like they're going to give him some more leash but it's uh certainly hasn't lived up to any of my expectations i think that rosen's had flashes and i think that he'll end up being a really good quarterback moving forward but the offensive line has been absolutely putrid and then the play calling the whole first half of the season was absolute garbage which is why they got rid of mike mccoy so it's just yeah it not anything has gone to plan other than chandler jones being a beast so it's yeah one to for, for, one to forget. <laughs> I feel bad too because the Rams game you went to, Rams Cardinals, was probably the worst game to see your team on the road. Yeah, week two, Sam Bradford <laughs> was still starting. Didn't cross midfield to the last drive of the game, which I'm sure you were long gone. By yeah, now. we had left a few minutes before then, so I, yeah, one to forget absolutely to I, go with a bad season. We'll see what Byron Leftwich has as OC. That's just a very very sudden promotion, and you know he's played the position at a high enough level. We'll see what he has there. I agree with you. I think in most cases it's trending to the offensive side. It's why a guy like Cliff Kingsbury is getting phone calls left and right in college and pro because of how the game is trending Mm -hmm. with these college-style offenses in the NFL. But if you have a defensive mind, it can work. You better have a good play caller, and and the coach better just kind of stay out of his way and let him do his thing. Um, I would also say, though, I would also say to everybody just trying trying to judge guys like Rosen and Sam Darnold. Let's just let it breathe a little bit. Yeah, Because many... people were saying worse about Jared Goff mm-hmm. after year one. Yeah, how many rookies have yeah looked like busts in year one? It's way too early to jump to any conclusions on any of them. Obviously, you're encouraged by your guy, Baker Mayfield, performing so well so far, but he does have a lot of talent around him, and then he's not being held back by Hugh Jackson. So. Yeah, it, it can trend in both ways. So there's no, there's no slam dunk. It's success right away and there's mm-hmm. no failure right away either I think you've got to give it time a couple of years to see to see what happens but I mean the story of that division I know they were off this week has been the Rams and I'm actually intrigued by the fact that especially if you're if you're a fantasy player with all these Rams on your team I this, got a bunch. this Rams Saints battle down the stretch I think it's going to be awesome because it's probably going to take 14 and 2 the Rams probably have to win out I was thinking about this the other day I think the Saints might lose one more game yeah. Not exactly sure when it will be, but I like the fact that both these teams are great, like almost historically great offensively, and they're going to have to keep playing football down the stretch. I don't think we'll, we'll they'll have the luxury to be able to sit players. Yeah, absolutely, and obviously the Saints having a little bit of a leg up with the head-to-head win 
out in New Orleans, so the Rams would like nothing more than be able to clinch home field. So if that rematch does happen, then it would be out here in the Coliseum. But yeah, it's the they're them and the Chiefs are the three teams leading the whole offensive revolution. I'm it's insanely exciting to watch. I mean, the Saints are using Taysom Hill as a random Swiss Army knife. I don't even know how to describe it. Finding receivers. What was on Thanksgiving <laughs> night? Breeze through four touchdowns to receivers that were all undrafted. Yeah, no, so, no, Michael Thomas. Either. I know it's <laughs> and Dez's injury sucked. I know they signed Brandon Marshall, but the the fact is, you have your main guy. They're gonna. I mean, Traquan Smith is another one. The, mm-hmm. the UCF kid. I mean, they they Breeze will put them in positions. Uh, to the make two plays. backs in the backfield, Kamara and Ingram. I mean, it's just and they the, have any way that they can beat you offensively. I think the Rams need that game in the Coliseum. I, I, I would be would hard agree. pressed to an upset's possible. They were right there with them in 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 New Orleans, but they really need that game at home. Uh, but the Saints are just are, are fun to watch. And, and yeah, I'd say that Drew Brees is probably MVP at this point. Yeah, I mean, gosh, we were if we would have known to bet on him before the yeah, last you'd have game. some decent odds, I'm sure. I think it was two. It was before the Rams game was when the case was really made, mm-hmm. and that was like okay, Mahomes losing to the Rams. I think he's going to finish about probably about second. I think you could have Todd Gurley as third. You know who else is in that race though? Is Andrew Luck? Yeah, yeah, sneaky it, under the radar. Andrew Luck. He's gotten what, like five straight games with three hundred plus pass yards and three touchdowns, something like that. And I they've mean, won what four straight? Is that right? Five straight. Wow, five straight wins. Yeah, them and the Texans down the stretch is going to be an interesting battle in that division. And I mean, I love watching Andrew Luck. I've been, glad he's healthy. Yeah, been a big fan of his since college and seeing him at Stanford. I mean, he's the one player that I really wanted to end up as a Cardinal, and obviously didn't work out that way. So uh, I've always been a big fan of his, and especially with how much uncertainty there was around his shoulder in the whole comeback, but being able to see him come back at even better than he was before is really, really something to see. Yeah, big win over the Dolphins. You're going to get some risk-taking. That's just that's the quarterback he is, but he's going to make plays. He's going to fight to the end. It's that competitor word. We see it with Russell Wilson. These guys are yeah, not absolutely. out of it late. And I know the Texans have won eight straight. Another just beat down of the Titans. Yeah. It's pretty incredible to think about, but that division is not out of wraps. They got the Colts again. I, I don't think they're out of the woods anyway, and, and I know they play the Browns this week. That was a matchup, though, that, full disclosure, looking at the rest of the schedule, and the Browns have had a fun year, which we'll touch on, but this game scares me. Like, maybe more than any game on the rest of their schedule here on out, just going up against that defense, whenever you have... They're, and I heard this phrase a lot, they, they're a tough out, and I think part of it is because they do one thing better than maybe anybody. I mean, they have a lot of strengths on this team. They wouldn't have won eight games without, but they get to the quarterback maybe as good as any team in the league. You can throw the Bears in there, but in terms of depth as pass rushing, I don't know many teams, if any, that are better than them. Yeah, absolutely, and that's been big for them with having Deshaun Watson sort of finding his way back from the injury. He struggled at the beginning of the year, but seems to have found his footing, but that's been that team's backbone for – basically ever since J.J. Watt's been there. And then the whole carousel they've had at quarterback now that they finally seem to have their guy. They're, yeah, they're an exciting team to watch down the stretch. And I feel like they're going to present a lot of challenges for Mayfield. Obviously, rookie, you never know as far as reading defenses and dealing with J.J. Watt and Jadavian Clowney and Whitney Merciless bearing down on you. That's tough for anyone, much less a rookie. Crazy. And I also think, I mean, you mentioned Hopkins is just 
maybe the hardest receiver to guard one-on-one off the line for a corner. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I respect all the other receivers, including my guy Michael Thomas and the Saints, who's starting to get more love. Beckham, Julio Jones, Brown, obviously. But Hopkins as a route runner is unbelievable, and that's something else to consider. This is a dangerous team. Lamar Miller's put together another good year. Yeah, broke off, what, a 97-yard run? Yeah, yeah, it was funny. I was like, I, I was... Tr- up slightly over a guy that had Lamar Miller, knowing that I was probably going to lose. I want to thank Lamar for just putting it out of putting me out of my misery early. I didn't have right. to sweat the whole. How game. about on that play, Dory Jackson running him down and almost catching him from the opposite side of the field? I mean, talk Adore, about one of the fastest guys in the league. Dory is super fast, but I thought the breakdown by I think Booger McFarlane was pretty accurate. A lot, lot going on. Some good, some bad. Great athlete, you can see it, but it, I feel like he's still learning how to play the position in the mm-hmm. NFL. There's some technique things and. And he can get he can get burned, and it's not speed related. You can tell he's as fast as you. Just yeah, said just he was. reading routes for sure. And yeah, he was able to get by a lot on college so, on speed and athleticism alone. But Titans lost to who? The Bills this year. They've got another a couple other bad losses. Uh, Cowboys. Cowboys. No, uh, they beat the Cowboys. Sorry, did. that was a little bit of a shock. They, they beat the, the Patriots. They lose to the Jags, or they beat them one. They beat the Jags, I think, once. Yeah, but they beat the Patriots. I mean, they're all over the place. Yeah, the talk Oklahoma about the state of uh, the NFL. That's a really good comparison, yeah. We were talking about that, too, not to drag too much on Oklahoma State, but <laughs> they've lost to at least two or three bowl-ineligible teams because the Kansas State didn't make one, neither did Texas Tech. I think no. that might be Baylor. I think st- Baylor won that game, so they snuck in. But they beat West Virginia. They beat Lost Texas. to Kansas State, too. Yeah, I, it's just, I mean, that team, it's been, it's been an interesting <laughs> year in the Big 12. But still on the NFL, Matt Wittenberg, Money Mitch effect, just kind of going around the league. Before I get to the Browns, I do want to say the team that was left for dead and has risen is the Cowboys. Because I remember they lost that game to the Texans, who were, I think, one and three. They're both teams were like one and three at the time. And we're like, wow, these are just two crappy teams playing mm-hmm. each other. They're both probably going to win their divisions now. And I want to also not fully, not, I don't want to say I'm going to apologize, but just give respect to the boldness of that Amari Cooper trade. Because it's still a premium. It's still more than you probably should give up for a receiver. Mm-hmm. When you're a desperate team and, and you see a player there, it's kind of like trading up to get that quarterback in the first round of the draft, that franchise guy. If it works out, no one really cares how much you pay exactly. for it. That's, and that's what uh, Jerry Jones gambled on. And so far, it's paying off. They still have to sign the guy long-term in the offseason, which will present its own issues. And Jason I'm sure, Garrett's yeah. probably just crying himself to sleep, tears of joy every <laughs> night. Like, just... So happy. But how about that division doing them a bunch of favors? Well, the Redskins lose Alex Smith to the terrible injury. Philly, I mean, I don't know what to make of them. They barely sneak out against the Giants this last week. And obviously the Giants have been a little bit of a dumpster fire this year. So if I, I, <laughs> there's a lot to, to touch on mm-hmm. because that division is, is a total mess. If I was a, a Giants fan or somebody that had some action betting on them, I would call for a criminal investigation of Saquon Barkley getting five touches in yeah, the, the second, second half. Really, four. Ran one, all over one at the very end. Yeah, just that was ridiculous. But to get back to the Eagles, they're just not that good of a team. And when you have a team that they were all veterans last year, signed on short deals, they win the Super Bowl, guys want to get paid, you're thin there. Yeah. Then you have maybe the worst secondary luck in yeah, recent memory. Yeah, they lost, what, like three or four of their starters out there? It's insane. And why the Giants weren't able to take advantage of that is this, just a little bit more confounding. But I, Wentz hasn't, hasn't been playing well. We can talk if it's the injury, if he if he's rusty, if he just hasn't had as good of a year, whatever it is, he's not at that level that they expected him to be at. 
and, and it just happens. You win. It's so hard to repeat in this league. You get a harder schedule. You get teams that aren't going to take you for granted. Mm-hmm. Who really thought the Eagles were that good until about halfway through the season? I think you have to get through about a half a season to really – I mean, look at some of the teams yeah. that are atop their divisions now. And that's when Wentz really turned it on and was playing MVP caliber ball, which he would have won if he hadn't had gotten injured against the Rams. I thought the Cowboys – yeah, you're, you're probably right there. I thought the Cowboys were in the running beginning of the year just because of – that factor that I didn't think this division was that good. Mm-hmm. The Redskins, even if Smith would have finished the season, I think the Cowboys could have made a play to to beat them. And, yeah. and Cowboys defense has been playing really well lately too. Which... The Redskins had that stat that was like there was no lead changes through nine games. Their first nine <laughs> games of the year, yeah. whoever got the lead first won the game. Mm-hmm. And you could say their defense, is, and their defense is still pretty solid, but Alex Smith wasn't coming back and beating anybody. No, and Adrian Peterson had a quick surge out of the gates but he's sort of fallen back down to earth now and been more of the back that he has been the last couple of years which is why he's on a one-year contract now and that's probably what he will be the rest of his career so plus the plus the Redskins gave me the, that like Bengals vibe where where and then the Dolphins too whatever the record was they could just get obliterated one week yeah I and, totally you know, agree with you're that looking at it like how is that even how are they even still in the running but it's six and five Washington's right there. I do want to talk about now the Browns because it was as good of a win. What a great sports weekend. You got Ohio State on Saturday morning, the Browns winning, and then I watched Ben Roethlisberger throw a pick. And then yeah, it's a it clinch was... a loss. Yeah, I mean, that's that's the uh, trifecta. I thought about playing the lottery immediately after, <laughs> but yeah, I just wanted to go out on top. Um, amazing, amazing stuff. Just to point out that the Bengals are a mess. They are. I mean, a lot of teams have done this to them. This is their third game where... They've been just beaten, had the brakes beaten off them from the start. I know the Chiefs and, and Saints do that to a lot of teams, but they just don't compete when the going gets it's tough. True, it's and all games without AJ Green. So I mean, I would have never thought a wide receiver to be that insanely valuable, but I guess he is to Andy Dalton to that offense. But Dalton getting the thumb injury now, and Jeff Driscoll actually looked better than Andy yes, Dalton I, did I in actually, that game. I actually liked Driscoll <laughs> coming out of college a little bit. I was one of the I. I I remember talking about the draft thinking he could be something. And I didn't, I'm not going to say a, a legit starter, but at least a solid backup in the For NFL. Sure. And I still think that he was a guy that, you know, started in Florida, ended up somewhere else. is, is decently fast. Yeah, Louisiana Tech, I think, is where he transferred out to. But yeah, and yeah, he's got pretty good speed and can move so, around in the pocket. And He'll be in the league. But the, but the Browns just abused that defense. And what's crazy to me is Jarvis Landry, in the last three weeks, he's got like 11 catches. So it hasn't really even been him. But Baker's been playing well. Yeah. What can you say about him? Chubb with that catch was, was just amazing. Yeah, and Joko getting carried into the end zone. I mean, they, they have some skill guys for sure, which has been really lacking for, I mean, as long as I can remember. I'm sure mm-hmm. as long as you can remember too. But yeah. Dorsey's just picking winners. I mean, that's what, that's what it looks like right now. Freddie Kitchens as a play caller. Yeah, former Cardinals coach yeah. too. Well, it's, not head coach, but... Yeah, I mean, I, I think this is a great audition for his future head coach, Bruce Arians. <laughs> I know that's you a wish. sort of subject. I know, but he keeps saying, I don't know why he keeps saying that. This, uh, no one's asking him directly. Exactly. It's kind of weird. It's, it's, it's starting to seem a little desperate, to be honest, if he's brought it up twice. But, hey, I mean, I I love the dude for what he did in Arizona. Would definitely not be happy with him skipping out on his supposed retirement after one season just to come back because – with how bad the Cardinals situation is right now. So So where do you stand on the Baker, Hugh Jackson, 
basically Hugh in general. There, there's been a lot of debate on this, and I want to reserve my thoughts until we hash it out here. But do you find fault with either one or the other? Is, is there anything wrong with Hugh Jackson, in your opinion, going to the Bengals and then Baker handling it the way he did with some of his comments saying he just doesn't really respect it that much? Right. I think both of them are right in their viewpoint. I think that Hugh Jackson didn't leave voluntarily. He got fired. And who's to say how many job offers he had flying through the door? And if the guy wants to work and he wants to coach, then, I mean, he has every right to. The fact that it was the Bengals, yeah, obviously wouldn't sit well with the team, but the dude got fired. He's a free agent out on the market and maybe doesn't want to stay out of the league for too long and wants to build up sort of a rapport with what could be his potential long-term employer. So I'm not going to knock him for that at all. But I do think that Baker does have a valid point for him his and his teammates' concerns with, I guess, Hugh Jackson coming across as phony or fake. But I feel like, yeah, he that's his right to not be super thrilled with him and not want to have a conversation with him post-game or get a weird, awkward head tap or whatever that was. That was like cringeworthy to watch, it was, though. It was tough. It was tough. Especially, well, and Randall handing him the ball, which oh, yeah. was yep. comedy as well. It, my, my statement on this as a Browns fan is pretty simple. Hugh Jackson wants to go work for the Bengals once you fire him. That's fine. Mm-hmm. I mean, and, and I don't even... Yeah, the Bengals, obviously he's friends with Marvin Lewis. It's a special assistant to the head coach, so we're saying that you're just going to basically be there to help out. And, yeah, the fact that they play the Browns twice, I'm sure the Bengals thought, okay, this would be good. We play them twice. He, he was just there. Yeah, I don't think that Hugh Jackson reached out as soon yeah. as he was fired and be like, hey, yo, I we play I mean, the Browns twice. He's so collecting money this year, and he's going to get paid a couple million next year. So, mm-hmm. whatever. guys can People can do whatever they want once they're let go. Baker Mayfield's a competitor, so whether or not he, he – we put it, I think, perfectly. He's feeling how he feels. Mm-hmm. That gives him his edge. That's how he wants to play. A lot of people commenting on this don't know exactly how the day-to-day stuff went. Maybe it was a little on the faker side. Maybe it was a cool. You could see the product on the field he was getting held back with. Absolutely. And it's a fiery thing. When you're out on the field, it's like, fine, go to the other, go to another team. We're just going to beat you. We're going we're gonna to beat you down. And that's what happened. I don't... I think this is just competition. I want to see more of that. I want to see more of guys like Larry Bird back in the day that aren't shaking hands before in the NBA right. that, yeah. are, that are out for blood. Not and everyone has to be boys. No, and, and that's all I thought it was. Obviously, it's a motivational thing. I mean, if you ever play a sport and you play against a former teammate, a former coach, somebody that mm-hmm. maybe perceived slighted you, you know, whether and this happens in sports all the time when coaches change gigs and you got somebody on the other sideline, the other bench, whatever sport it is, that maybe held you back, that didn't give you the opportunity to succeed in your mind, right or wrong. Yeah, you're going to use that to help your current team out. So, again, I mean, this is also the Browns, which have had, as I know from experience, very <laughs> little success, if any, in the last 20 years. He's, this is who Baker Mayfield is. This is who he was at Oklahoma. This is what's gotten him to where he is. Yeah. He's unapologetic about how he feels. But what I like most about it is he framed it, this is just how I feel. He's yeah, not getting exactly. high and mighty. He's not on a soapbox saying this is what it is and this is how it should be. This is just one man's opinion. So Yeah, I thought they both, like I said in mine, my point of view is that neither of them is in the wrong with how they went about it or how they feel. And, yeah, guys rallying around Baker Mayfield for that too. Obviously comes through. 
Well, it's going to be an interesting rest of the NFL season. Uh, the last thing I wanted to touch on is how I don't want Mike McCarthy when the Packers finally fire him. I, I've gotten to the point where I feel bad for Aaron Rodgers. It's insane how many times that Rodgers has bailed McCarthy out from the fringe of getting fired. So thankfully for them, it looks like it's that his time is up. So I don't know. It, it would just be such a shame to see Rodgers walk away from the, his career with only one Super Bowl ring. Just, I don't know if, if it's, there's a personnel issue too with getting him the right guys, but I feel like play calling's really been, especially this year, what stymied them. Yeah. And additionally, they just, Player personnel hasn't always been there defensively for them, but they're in a lot of these games late. And the Seahawks game was the feather in the cap. You're going to punt away with four minutes left, up, up down three. I just that was the point where it's like, okay, this guy needs to be evacuated. Yeah. I just hope not to Cleveland. <laughs> um, all right, Matt Wittenberg, Money Mitch Effect. We're going to talk some college football here as well. <laughs> I'm looking at the Duke basketball score. They're up 27 on Indiana. Wow, the fighting Archie Millers. Uh, yeah, it's just, they're going to be a problem, uh, which was funny when they lost that game to Gonzaga because they just didn't get Zion the ball once. Yeah, yeah, Gonzaga so, played really good defense down the stretch too. Which, which, I mean, Coach K, I, don't, I, hope, I, hope, I don't want to say the game's passed you by. You're clearly one of the best coaches ever, the best college coach ever. Mm-hmm. Do a little coaching down the stretch. Don't just, I mean, it didn't look like they had yeah, a plan. They were just, just like, go. We're going to do it. Um, all right, the college football playoff rankings came out. I want to touch on that, which saw, as you would expect, the top Bama at one, Notre Dame at three with Clemson two, and then Georgia, Oklahoma, Ohio State, four, five, six, Michigan ahead of Central Florida. And Ohio State beat Michigan was exactly what uh, every Buckeye fan needed this year. And every year, because it's always fun to beat them. But sixth in the playoff, Oklahoma beats West Virginia in a game where defense was just optional for most of it. It was basically non-existent. Yeah, but their defense was clutch with actually them getting that win with those late interceptions. It was. It was. And now I, I pose the question to you. Is this how you would have ranked the teams 1-6? to six? And do you, think, do you think that there is a chance a realistic chance that the rankings change in terms of Ohio State Oklahoma's positioning going into next week. Yeah, as it stands now, this would be my six for sure. And it definitely can flip flop. I mean, obviously Georgia and Alabama play, so that's gonna take care of one of the slots. Unless hypothetically, I guess if Georgia wins, then Alabama might still make it despite that, unless they get absolutely blown out. But, yeah, I do think that there's a possibility for Ohio State to leapfrog uh, Oklahoma. Obviously, they play Texas. That's not a gimme. That's the one team that they've lost to. But even if it is a close game, unless Oklahoma absolutely shells Texas, which I don't think they would, then I feel like it'd be a slam dunk for them to make the playoff. But Ohio State blows out Northwestern, which they should, then, and then Oklahoma and Texas is more of a close game. I like – it's – just a nitpicky preference thing. I like Ohio State's resume a little bit more than Oklahoma's. Mm. I just think that defense is absolutely porous. I mean, to put it kindly. Yeah. So it's I've conversely with how good their offense is, their defense has been equally bad this season. I mean, if you give up 40 points to Kansas, that yeah. should be an automatic knock. I realize Ohio State has the awful loss by 29 to Purdue on the road. But I feel like they also have the best win out of any team of the season. 
as of as it stands right now out of any team of the season by shellacking Michigan, mm. which had the number one ranked defense by whatever they won by like 40, 30. Yeah. 30. <laughs> so it's insane. I, yeah, I agree with you. And, and well, let me, let me put it this way too. Uh, how's Oklahoma shellacking anybody with that defense? True. And even Kansas. And, and I saw the efficiency stats that show you, you know, offense and defense. And I think Georgia Clemson and, and Alabama both have top five on each side. Notre Dame is about top ten. Ohio State struggles a little with that defense in the thirty to forty range. Oklahoma has the most uh, most efficient offense in the country. They have the ninetieth most <laughs> efficient defense. Yeah, out of like one seventeen. I would actually disagree though. I think that Oklahoma's resume is slightly better. But this is where I, I honestly think that if it was a system like the BCS, Oklahoma is pretty much in. Barring like, I mean, obviously with the win, but if they win and Ohio State wins, even if Ohio State gets the better of Northwestern than Oklahoma does to Texas, I think the computer would favor Oklahoma. But this is what the debate's going to be. If Oklahoma wins another shootout, a close shootout, let's say in the 50s, Ohio State wins a solid game of, I'll say, I'll say by about 17, because I do think Northwestern is going to be, it's going to be frisky. I'll put it that way. I think they're going to, they've played Michigan tough for a half and actually for most of that game. They had Notre Dame within, I think, single digits early fourth quarter. Yeah. They're going to be frisky, but I say say the Buckeyes win that game. I think that's where the, the human factor is going to come into play. And it's going to come down to are enough people in the room saying we like Ohio State's chances against an Alabama better than Oklahoma's. Yeah, and objectively that could be the case. It's hard to tell what criteria they're going to ter- determine is going to be most key to their decision because there isn't exactly – a bullet point guideline that they weigh strength of schedule over conference record over defensive right. or offensive yeah. stats. So it's really splitting hairs between these two teams at this point. So, and I lean, like I said, my personal opinion is that I lean towards Ohio state and what they've done, especially <laughs> going off of that Michigan win. And but, Bama wouldn't punt if they played Oklahoma. They that's might score hundred percent true. I, there are other, we should, Outline oh, every scenario. Bama, I think, is in regardless, right? Like they're they're going. I don't think a loss, even if they get beat, we're, we're we're like talking about like if the sun doesn't rise tomorrow. But say Bama were to lose to Georgia, and it's shocking by twenty by twenty. I still think they're in the resume all season's been pretty good. It'd be the first loss of the year. What they've been doing to teams and having beaten, I think, four ranked teams, four currently ranked teams. Some yeah, of that stuff's out of your, leave them out. Some of that stuff's out of your control. How they play TCU when they were ranked and, and they finished bad, but it'd be hard to leave them out. Notre Dame's in for sure. If Clemson were to get upset by Pitt, would they be out? Uh, yeah, I would think, so. I, especially if both Oklahoma and Ohio State win. I think they would be too, and yeah. I think the ACC's been garbage for most of this year. I think Pitts. I mean, they're twenty-six point underdogs. I mean, they're not expected to to win this game, and Clemson yeah, doesn't. What, they really... won eight games this year, Pitt. Clemson played two SEC teams, and their quarterbacks threw for over 400 yards in both games. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, you look at the – you look comparatively, like Alabama A&M was a 20-plus point game, and Clemson won by, I think, two in that one. So um, that's one to consider. Georgia, if they do beat Bama in that scenario, then Georgia's in. Yeah, both absolutely. those teams would be – Ohio State and Oklahoma would both be on the outside. But say Georgia wins and or, or Clemson loses – the debate becomes fascinating because then you got seeding for what's going to happen, how you see the rest of the teams. And, and again, it's about probably not playing Bama. So. Yeah, and you still have UCF lurking. Although I, with them I losing, know. McKenzie Milton. Prayers up to him. That was brutal. And it looks like he's going to 
make a full recovery. Um, hopefully get to play next year. He's still got that year of eligibility. So, mm-hmm. uh, But I do think, unfortunately, the factor of he's not on that team, that's going to play a factor. Oh, I, I think there was no chance really of them making it. Yeah, like literally everything would have to break their, <laughs> their way. Yeah, and need, even then, there's no yeah, guarantee. You, you would need losses by Clemson, Ohio State, and Oklahoma mm-hmm. probably to, to clinch that. Um, but, yeah, prayers up to him. It'll be a fascinating week, and, and I think the playoff factor. Ohio State could get the Rose Bowl if they don't. If they don't get the playoff, if Oklahoma's not in the playoff, they're looking at a game with probably a Georgia team who, if they lose in the SEC title game. So there's going to be some big New Year's Six Bowls. So yeah, I think that's super exciting. For sure. it be nice to see if somebody can beat Bama, but we don't see it. No, I, I'll go out on a limb now and say that they win the national championship. Hey, congr- hey congrats. That's a great limb to go out on. I'm really, really risking it all here. Right. A little bit of a hot take to end, uh, end the show. Hey, on. congrats on the Territorial Cup, though. That ah, was awesome. Thank you. Much appreciated. That yeah, I was, was uh, quite a comeback. I had my doubts, as I'm sure you did. <laughs> yeah, down by 20 going into the fourth. I mean, no big deal. Yeah, rivalry games, you never know what you're going to get from them. And fortunately, it seemed like... Arizona took their foot off the gas at the end there, and defense for ASU made some plays, late interception, late fumble recovery, and obviously the field goal gods on our side with that late miss. So anytime we win that game, I don't care if it's by one or 50, I'll take it. I'll be proud of it for the next 365 days. Interesting year for Herm Edwards, right? Like just a lot of, and we could have probably said, what'd you, what'd you guys finish this year? Seven, seven five. five. If you probably would have, I don't know what your prediction was, like seven and five, eight and four, maybe to start the season. No, and, probably look closer to six and six. six, and six. Like okay, sneaking but, into a bowl. But game. if I would have told you seven and five, you probably been like, yeah, okay, I could see it. But yeah, probably the games won and lost are just vastly different than you would have. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Than you would have thought. Yeah, yeah, and then not losing any game by more than a touchdown. So beating both LA teams, beating both LA teams, beating Utah, who's the obviously in the Pac-12 championship and beating Arizona so yeah there's a lot to build on right now and it's not the complete abject dumpster fire that a lot of the national media and maybe myself included yeah, thought it would be going too. into the year so how sad are you losing the keel though uh that's bittersweet I, I like obviously would love to see him stay in a Sun Devil uniform but hey the dude gave everything he had to the school and stayed stayed local to be a hometown hero and yeah, I'm going to have a lot of good memories of him in a Sun Devil uniform, and I'll be cheering for him to whichever NFL team's lucky enough to get him. Hopefully the cards, but, I mean, I don't really see it breaking that way. But hey, You're in position to take either Bosa or Oliver next year. So, I mean, yeah. But we'll see. Uh, it, it's part of the game. I mean, you get good athletes at these programs, you're going to lose them early. So it's just it, it's unfortunate. It sucks as a fan. but Yeah, you can't hold it against him, too. I mean, yeah. I'd love for him to play in the bowl game. They haven't quite said yet whether he will or won't but i'm thinking he probably won't so seeing him his last game winning the territorial cup in tucson i mean i can live with that well again congrats on that win and and if it wasn't for that seven overtime game might have been the story of the day for that comeback but my god right. that lsu a&m i i don't know did you tune into some of it all of it i, I got in yeah near right as overtime started i saw so you I, didn't see the overturned no, interception. I didn't see the Gatorade bath either. Wow. Yeah. 
uh, Ogeron, whose Gatorade dried on him. Of all coaches, it had to be. If you'd have told, that's one thing I would have gotten right. If you'd have told me before the season started there'll be a coach that gets a Gatorade bath that it ends up <laughs> before losing, I would have guessed that Ogeron first. <laughs> Ridiculous that replay. I mean, you you felt it the one play against San Diego State where the targeting picked up. Oh yeah, replay. absolutely. How did a replay picks up a knee down just before a sack, like an improbable and play. interception? That that's when the Gatorade bath happened, and then. A&M getting a really generous spot from a now, I saw the line was, might have yeah. been off on TV too okay which they were kind of saying online that it was the right you know but but again it, it was just so many things everybody scored in every possession of overtime yeah they just <laughs> happened to get the two point or just incredible incredible stuff and uh, Jimbo Fisher gets the win over at Ogeron that was exciting before I let you go Matt Wittenberg money Mitch effect you gotta at least touch on the coaching carousel because we've already started we mentioned Quinn's Cliff Kingsbury gets fired. Mac Brown back at North Carolina. I, <laughs> I actually think he could win early. He said win now. It's the ACC. Mm-hmm. I think you should expect him. It's a reasonable expectation to get to eight nine wins a year. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And not as tough division. I actually, I don't think they are. Are they on Clemson's side? No. Okay. Yeah, they, I didn't. They played think him they in were. that conference title game. That's like two right. Years ago. Cool. And yeah, I guess they're uh, taking the page out of the ASU. Uh, CEO model, just get a good, likable, charismatic guy to run the show, hire some good coordinators. Obviously, like Kingsbury's been rumored to go everywhere from USC to North Carolina to the NFL. So, I mean, that guy's got to have a job offer the size of a CVS receipt. So, yeah, it'll be interesting. He's one of the big, uh, big subplots to this whole coaching search. But yeah, good for Matt. I liked watching him on TV. He's a good, likable, personable guy. I didn't like him beating USC in that Rose Bowl when I was 14 years. <laughs> yeah, it's all forgiven now. Yeah, 14 years old and a USC fan. So, so that's what a first thing I think about when I think about him. But, yeah, I mean, meet the old bo- or meet the new boss, same as the old boss. Right, and I, and I do think that Brom is going to go to Louisville. I think he's saying all the right things. But yeah, I feel like the writing's on the wall with that one. Too. It's coming home, too. It was it, like Scott Frost to Nebraska kind right. of thing. You just knew it was going to happen. Right. I wonder if he claims a national title for Purdue, just like Scott Frost did, too. <laughs> for the, based for on that Ohio six, State yeah. win. If I, exactly. That's where we're at with the Central Florida stuff, is that now a team that wins a title, if, any, if they've lost anybody, that team's just going to claim the title at the end of the year. True. One coach that wasn't fired was Clay Helton, so he's still here. So Trojan fans, get excited. Yeah, hey, I mean, every other school in the Pac-12 is happy about that one, I can tell you that much. I thought Brian Kelly at the end of that game was, like, trying to keep him around. He's like, yeah, Coach Helton, in his interview, he kept complimenting him, which we all know what Brian (laughs) Kelly is like. He's kind of a jerk all the time. But he's like, oh, he had him ready to play, and they're tough, and Clay Helton coached the good game. And he knows he plays him every year, so. And then, obviously, they had a big coaching staff purge today i think they fired four assistants or something like yeah, that T. martin got let go i also think that it might not be as big as, as definitely not the last couple of years in terms of big job big jobs we'll see if Urban meyer sticks around that, that's the the one exception to that. yeah that'd be a big wild card but i think you're gonna see a lot of play calling moving around kingsbury we talked about i'm interested to see hugh freeze's name too because before he got the reins at Ole Miss and they won games and they were cheating, <laughs> he was a good play caller. Yeah. And I think any of these programs will be lucky to have him. A team like Tennessee, maybe even USC, if they can find somebody to call plays. Yeah, he might be the help. second biggest prize out there other than Kingsbury as far as OCs go. So, yeah, a lot of interesting dominoes still to fall for this. But I'm a little surprised with how quick 
North Carolina jumped on it. They knew that Mac Brown was their guy and he wanted to come back. He has that funny quote about saying that his wife would only let him coach <laughs> Hawaii, the Bahamas, and Chapel Hill. So, <laughs> yeah. hey, good for him. He gets the visit. Does that mean he gets to broadcast the Bahama Bowl every year then at the end of the year? He right, should. That'd be a good perk. He should. I mean, well, Herm was doing first take up until he started the job, <laughs> so that's the least they could do. But, all right, Matt Winberg, this was fun. We'll see what happens. I know you're going to be checking out that Lakers game tonight. So yeah, yeah see if you big can, time. See if you can get the knock best, off the Nugs. See if you can get the best record in uh, L.A. It'd be nice. Yeah, I, I mean the Clippers <laughs> are surging lately. So it's, uh, it, who that, saw that coming? The Western Conference standings. It's just so so tight. And I think the best subplot to that's going to be who? How can one avoid Golden State if they are all tight down the road? It's going to be teams tanking on purpose. But <laughs> absolutely pleasure coming on. Definitely have you back. Thanks for joining the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. Huge thanks to Matt Wittenberg for coming on today's show. Uh, and I also forgot to mention Lovie Smith and the coaching carousel extended at Illinois for two years. So enjoy that, Fighting Illini fans. Really, really enjoy that. If you like the Money Mitch Effect, you can find the entire catalog on SoundCloud, iTunes, and Google Play. Search Money Mitch Effect. It comes right up. Check us out on the Money Mitch Effect Facebook page. And if you enjoyed the college football talk, we have one more episode of the regular season on Running With The Money, which comes out every Friday. Kent Brown, Matt Gothard. A lot to discuss. The playoff rankings. What to bet on this week. There's not as many games, but there's actually more than you think. Some rescheduled games as well to, to, uh, to bet on, as well as the Western Known Conference Championship games, which also, which often are kind of the best games to watch and bet on. So, we got a lot of advice for you there. I also want to give a shout out to the NHL, to the Buffalo Sabres, 10 straight wins, best team in the Eastern Conference. Truly remarkable. But Austin Matthews is skating again. The Leafs are going to have something to say about that. And the West is, is wide open. The Predators look good. So do the Jets. The Pacific Division is, is all over the place and not very good most nights. But that McDavid fellow can play. So watch out for the Oilers and, and the Flames, too, would be my predictions there. This was the Money Mitch Effect. I'm Mitch Michaels. Thank you for listening. You can follow me on Twitter, MoneyMitchM21. Until next time, keep enjoying sports.